0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders. People who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. hey everyone so as you know i started to rebuild my website using wix i got really tired of going through the process of relaying what i wanted to my web developer only to having to just put up with what i had because ultimately i had no idea how to build it myself i wanted to start with a blank slate and design my website the way i wanted it that's why i chose wix First, I was able to start building my site and publish it for free. I chose from over 500 stunning templates to find the exact feel and look that I was looking for. I was easily able to change, customize and add anything I wanted wherever I wanted. I've actually finished the site for about a couple days now. I'm just finishing up moving the 300 plus episodes I've done in the past over, which as you can imagine, takes some time but what would have taken me months to complete in the past and thousands of dollars, I have completed in only a few short hours myself. Plus, everything is automatically optimized for any device, desktop or mobile, which for me is super important for my business. And not only that, you can also add SEO capabilities, which are embedded in Wix, which for me is gonna save me a bunch of time and money. What I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to cost thousands. It doesn't have to be a headache and can actually be really easy and enjoyable with Wix. To get started using Wix today and get 10% off, go to wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is wix, forward slash podcast. Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we sit down with Katty Angela. Katty helps women heal their relationships with diet and exercise. She is an anorexia survivor herself and has found her purpose in helping others heal. Today, Katy shares her amazing entrepreneurial journey with us. Also, her time as a professional athlete, being a ballerina and having to go through that process of being pressured to lose weight at as early as 13 years old. Katie's strength that she has shown throughout her life is really admirable and super inspirational. So as always, everyone, be sure you have a pen, notepad out, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Katie Angela. Enjoy. Well, Katie Angela, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Katy, say for some people listening to the show, being first introduced to you, just kind of uh, speaking a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I'm an eating disorder recovery coach, as well as an advocate for the body positive movement. I am also a former professional athlete, so I'm a classically trained ballerina. Yeah, Yeah, so I moved away from home when I was 13 years old to study full-time at a professional ballet school. Um, And with The ballet industry, unfortunately, often comes concern attached to the dancer's body image, right? Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, I did, uh, that's where it started, really, my suffering from body image issues, and I've been through anorexia, orthorexia, bulimia, and binge eating. Wow. Yeah, and this is something that I've suffered with basically my entire teenage years. And uh, I've recently gathered enough strength to re- to completely recover from that situation, actually. Um, and I decided to switch my mindset and see how I could use this experience that I've been through to start helping other people. And this is why I have become a recovery coach.
0: That's amazing. And for you, like... When you were 13 years old and you decided, was it more of your decision or was this a a decision that you kind of made with your parents to decide that, you know, I want to do this professionally. I want to go get trained at this school. Like talk us through that because 13 is very young.
1: 13 is extremely young. So basically, when you are in the dance world, it's a short career like any other athlete, right? You're not going to retire at 65. You're maybe going to be retiring at 30 if you're lucky. And this is something to consider as well. So the earlier you start the longer you can, you can do that as a career. Um, so I knew in my head that I had to decide at a very young age if I was completely going to give everything I had for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was my biggest passion in the entire world. And I was so happy when I was dancing and I knew that I wanted to do a career that made me feel fulfilled and, um, since dance had both the athleticism and the artistry yeah. for me, it was just the perfect combo So I was like, I need to do this. Can you please help me financially? Basically, that's what I told my parents. Yeah, <laughs> because at 12 years old you can't afford or 13 excuse me You can't afford a full tuition like it's yeah. impossible <laughs> So my parents were extremely supportive. They actually flew me, and they came with me to visit the school in Montreal, and we like really had a good discussion with the, the directors, and we made sure that I was staying in a good residence, and I was um, fully supported, and had like you know resources if ever I was homesick and and things like that. Of so course. they really were supportive for sure.
0: So you're 13 years old, you go to the school, like, were you dancing professionally at that age? Or like, at what age did you start to dance professionally?
1: Okay, yeah. So when you're 13, until I'd say around 16, 17, it's really you're polishing your technique, you're taking all the information you can in order to be ready to enter a company or to enter... Um, any kind of productions that are professional and that do pay you, right? Yeah. So I'd say around like at seventeen I did my first professional experience and it was the Nutcracker, which is like a Christmas kind yeah, of, of course. production. Yeah. And so I did that and then I um that's when like my eating disorder started, right mm. at the peak of my my first experience in my professional career right so I, I didn't continue any longer but I'd say around 17 years old was when I became a professional
0: got you and, and when you were going through that you know through your first experience and you start to to have that eating disorder do you feel like that was from pressures from other people putting that on you or that was sort of something that you were looking at other people and saying that I'm you know this or that
1: well I was always Um, A dancer that was built strong and a little curvy and I was muscular and I was known as a powerhouse Okay, and when you are a dancer you need to be lifted as well by by men and you need to Look a certain way to uh, fit into the the mold that the Russian uh, ballerinas have created right so I never I never completely fit in that mold and I could feel it Mm -hmm. but the teachers actually like came to me a few times and told me to lose weight um, if I wanted to continue in this school. Really? So I when I was young I mean I hadn't completely hit puberty yet so it was okay to lose a little weight but when I did go through puberty at like 14 they asked me again to lose weight but it's like kind of you're going against your body you know like you have to go through puberty and you can't just like not go through it and basically I kind of restricted and started to skip some meals and like ruined my metabolism for a while and I lost a bunch of weight really really fast. Um, because at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to count calories. Like this is how I'm going to do it. And it's, it's logical and you're just going to lose weight. So I tracked everything I ate for about six months. And at first I was like, okay, well, uh, 1800 a day is going to be my maximum. Wow. And eventually it was, um, 400.
0: 400
1: so calories a day. Yeah. So you can just see how fast the cycle progressed. Yeah and i it all started with just like that trigger of not being enough and not being not fitting in you know like that was enough to trigger me
0: do you feel like when you started to go through that you lost passion for dancing
1: absolutely yeah. dancing had become for me a way to burn more calories you know it wasn't to it wasn't any it wasn't art anymore it wasn't my passion it was just exercise and it was it meant that I was allowed to eat, you know, so it was, it was toxic for sure.
0: Looking back on it, like, are you frustrated on how they deal with such, you know, young kids at that age when they're dancing and they're putting pressure on you to, I mean, that sounds insane to me that they're pressuring you to lose weight at such a young age.
1: Absolutely. I'm frustrated, but at the end of the day, they don't know better because their teachers told them the same thing. That's true. And it's an industry and you when you sign up for it you have to be aware that the body is your instrument it's not like you are playing in a guitar or a piano and your your instrument is outside of yourself like when you're a dancer your body is your instrument you are everything your physicality is everything it represents you yeah it's you know so you have to understand that when you start and I, I didn't and I I it's okay. I don't blame myself and I don't blame them. At the end of the day, I did what I could and they did what they thought was right as well, right? So Yeah.
0: Totally. So for how long were you having these uh eating disorder issues?
1: I would say probably a few years, 2-3 years, but for sure a year and a half where I was in a complete rock bottom.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Was there a point for you where you can remember where you just like maybe looked at yourself or someone came to you and you just had that instant of like, I need to change?
1: I actually went into the hospital because I had an appointment with my doctor, just like a, a checkup. Okay. And I knew she would realize that I wasn't okay because the last time she had seen me, I was much heavier um and basically she took my heart rate and i was at 31 beats per minute wow. um not resting i was just during the day 31 beats per minute which is absolutely unhealthy you're supposed to be at 70 beats per minute you're if you're healthy supposed to be at
0: 70 holy <laughs>
1: yeah so i was at 30 can you believe that like i basically ate nothing for for months at a time so my heart was shutting down and immediately that's like an admission in the hospital when you're that low. Yeah. So I, and she actually wheeled me in the wheelchair and I wasn't allowed to walk for two months. And she brought me in the eating disorder recovery program. And she said, like, you're not allowed to leave. You have to do this. So, yeah, I realized at that moment that I wasn't okay.
0: <laughs> and what were those like... What were those two months like for you? Say mentally, like what was going through your head? Were you in a state where you knew that you were going to change and you started to work on yourself then? Or was it just more of like a shock during those two months?
1: So I would say the first weeks were very shocking. Uh And I was in complete denial, to be completely honest with you. I was just not accepting my situation. Mm-hmm. And I would say that <laughs> my little mind was still so caught up with that eating disorder. And I had a plan that I would behave perfectly in the hospital just so I could get out fast and start restricting again. This was my, my plan. Yeah. And this is how an eating disorder works, right? Like it will convince you that it is right. And it will, it will convince you that you need to do it.
0: Sounds like an addiction.
1: Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. It's it's an addiction to starvation. That's yeah. what I believe. Um, so it was it was on and off. It was a roller coaster. Some days I was like, oh well, you know what? Maybe I can recover from this. Maybe I can live a better a better life, and maybe I can be free. But to be to be real with you, I I only truly recovered like about a year after the hospital.
0: Really? So there was that period of of a full year where you were still having those thoughts of maybe I'm eating too much or you were trying to maybe go back into those bad behaviors that you had at the time?
1: Absolutely. I was still in those bad behaviors, no doubt about that.
0: So how during that year were you able to, you know, work on yourself? Obviously, you started to become more self-aware, but what are some things you did? So in that year that passed, you know, things sort of really changed for you?
1: Yeah, so I actually just really worked on myself by practicing self care and mm-hmm. by trying to be, to, to not be ashamed of saying I had a problem. And this is extremely hard for someone who's a little stubborn like I am. And I don't want to deceive people ever. I always want to have this image of, of helping out and always being there for other people but this time it was me that needed the help it mm-hmm. was me that needed support so i had to be real and be just okay with getting help and yeah. that was hard and it took time but once i got there my entire life shifted for sure
0: i can i can definitely relate cuz you know for me it was I think a lot, for a lot of us, we feel like showing vulnerabilities or showing our weaknesses, or it is a weakness when you show vulnerability, but it's a show of strength. Like it's it, the complete it opposite. And when you are able to admit that you need help and you're able to share your story like you are right now, it's, it, it's a show of strength.
1: Absolutely. It's not easy to do that. And I think that my eating disorder a lot of people tell me wow you're so strong like your eating disorder must have made you so strong but I think I was strong in the first place and this is what made me show it you Hmm. know
0: it's true Mm -hmm. so at what point for you did you decide you know you you started to get healthy Um, at what point did you decide that you wanted to share your story and you wanted to become a coach and you wanted to help others who are going through maybe something similar to what you what you did
1: So this happened about a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as I I really decided to be authentic and real with myself, this amazing opportunity I'm about to share showed up on my lap last April. Um, Obviously, I had to do a lot of work on myself and accept this situation, and I had to practice affirmations. like, I'm an eating disorder survivor. I have a story I want to share. And this story needs to be heard. So I had to practice this. And every day I had to repeat this, this affirmation to myself. And just like that, I decided to put myself out there. And I reached out to a reality television show about mental health survivors. And they decided to actually book me for the 10 episodes. Um, and they invited me to be starring on this show along eight other people from my country, from really? Canada yeah and they've given us like a portable video camera and I had to film my reality as a recovering anorexic for 10 weeks
0: wow what was that experience like
1: it was crazy had you been really in front crazy. of a
0: camera like that before or was that the first time
1: I have because I was a dancer so I've been in front of so big audiences yeah totally yeah and but I was never you know that vulnerable in front of the entire country <laughs> so it was scary it was very scary, but every single week we had therapies and they would all fly us to the the place uh-huh. and um, we would do group therapies, we would talk about our weeks and we would we would try to solve problems together and we would realize that at the end of the day we all had a different issue, but it manifested itself in similar ways. Um, and I realized that I needed to share my story after that and I needed to create a brand for myself and this is where ed recovery girl kind of started That's be- a... blooming i would say
0: yeah and, and what show was that
1: it's called so it's in french because okay. i'm french but it's okay. called it's called Un Vrai selfie, which means true selfie and it was a norwegian show that they had um, bought in montreal and it was showing that that real people struggle with mental illness and it's a selfie that is true. Like it's a video selfie. We, we cry, we Mm -hmm. binge eat, we, we smoke pot, you know, like whatever. It's just the real situation of when you have an addiction of when you have a, an eating disorder, when you have depression, when you have panic attacks, you know, like we show the real stuff.
0: When you decided to become a coach like when you were going through that, did you know how many people suffered from this? Like, did, did you have any idea? Did you think it was a few people out there? Were you shocked to find out how many people were going through maybe something similar or, or an eating disorder or something different?
1: Absolutely. Because when you're suffering with this, you think you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not, you know, it's it's everywhere. First of all, if you look at our society that is completely submerged into diet culture, it's obvious. 100%. It's yeah. obvious that that it's everywhere. You go in the magazine, you go at the store, you go you, you go at a family gathering, diet talk is there. You know, people tell you what they're doing, they're cutting out carbs, they're they're cutting calories. It's like it's everywhere. It's overwhelming. And as soon as you start acknowledging this you'll see it everywhere you go and i truly believe that there is a need for people who have been there to gather courage and talk about it because we need influencers that can lead this community this recovery community that is out there because it can tend to be a little bit negative as well it can tend to be toxic and triggering okay Um, for for people who suffer from that. So it takes positivity and acceptance from those influencers for sure. And that's why I decided to create this account. And I've, by the way, like I've only had this account for 12 weeks or so. Wow. and it's already beginning to to grow so much. And yeah, sh- like... share
0: the growth. Because, I mean, I, I looked and I-, I saw a few posts of yours. But, like, share the growth of 12 weeks. And, and this is for people out there who, who maybe be going something a little bit different but may have gone through something. And the power of being able to share your story and be vulnerable, be authentic. So if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing the growth you've had over 12 weeks.
1: I would love to. So I started this account kind of... Like had I had a plan, but it wasn't super specific. But I knew what my niche was, Mm -hmm. so that was the key. I knew what my niche was. I knew what I wanted to talk about, and as soon as I did that, I started following a bunch of people that are in that niche, and I copied, and recreated, and I transformed, and I recycled all the information that I could, and I. I tried my best every single day. Content, content, content was key and consistency. And I grew. Like, I don't even understand how I grew that fast, but I'm (laughs) already at – I think I grow about 100 followers a day, to be honest with you. Wow. (laughs) Which is crazy because I – it depends on the day obviously but when I do a, a transformation post like a picture of before and after yeah that's my that's my main marketing strategy that's how I I catch people's eye it's by showing how sick I looked and now I look healthy and it's just like you can't stop but just look at it like you can't help yourself right and it catches the eye so creating content that shocks people was definitely helpful as well and I had the tools to do that because it was old me versus me today and I look like a different person totally so yeah like that definitely helped me me like I actually went viral one of my posts um the first transformation picture I did I reached about 33,000 people or so but I only got I think close to 1.5k likes which is totally normal because people will scroll and of course not always like but they're still gonna see your post and maybe go on your profile and follow you
0: yeah but
1: yeah it was it was crazy
0: (laughs) do do you feel like with what you're doing now and now that you've sort of found your niche and you found your purpose like you're able to kind of take what you've learned as an athlete and as a ballerina and and place that into what you're doing now as an entrepreneur
1: yeah so i'm a perfectionist as someone who was trained in classical ballet it's normal um but i am extremely disciplined as well So I wake up very early in the morning to work on this business that I'm creating. And this is my time, you know, to, I wake up at five to, to Mm -hmm. do this. And I'm a student as well. And I have two jobs and I, I'm trying to, to manage my time as best as I can. And I'm very good at planning. And this is, this is for sure because of my ballet days. Yeah. You know, it's not, everybody that can do it so I'm for sure thankful and grateful that I, I have been trained in ballet because it's serving me in other places in my life
0: what are some things you do like when you when you wake up at 5 a.m what, what are some things you do because you're doing so much right now you have two th- two jobs that you're doing you're going to school you're building this brand like how do you manage your time what are some things you do in order to set yourself up for the day
1: well I love journaling so I would wake up make a plan as well as a to-do list and i go by priorities so i go from urgent to not urgent Mm -hmm. and i try to plow through all the urgent tasks first which is basically for example planning my post that i'm going to post that day and then for after that i would like follow maybe 30 people and then i would comment on 20 posts, like a bunch of stuff with the hashtags that I know are in my niche yep. and I know that people like um, that are interested in my, my kind of profile. So I will do that. I'll engage for a bit and then I'll I'll try to see if I can create some content. If I'm not inspired, then I'll do something else. I'll do some reading. Um, but basically like those three hours in the morning from 5 to 8 are for business time, are for Ed Recovery Girl. And it's so important to dedicate every single day at least two hours just for that side business or that main business of yours. But especially if you're like me in the beginning, it's so important to just just find time to do it. Because you're going to not do it if you don't find time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's about that. It's finding time. I think everyone has time. And I think it's the, like, I get so frustrated with this excuse, Kathy, of like, oh, I don't have any time. I'm like, that's BS. Yeah. Like, I, I literally feel like you could look at someone's schedule or if they just journaled everything they did and was honest about it, you could find four, five, six, you you'd maybe able to find seven hours where you could be working on something. But you have to sacrifice things in order to do that.
1: Oh, for sure. I don't go out anymore. Like I do sometimes, but I decide to create a blog post instead because I know it's going to be more beneficial in the long term. And obviously, there's the question of finding balance, which is something I still struggle with sometimes. Mm-hmm. I can be a little bit of a workaholic, to be honest. So um, it's good and it's bad, but yes, you need to make time. For anything that you're passionate about, you will make time you make time for for tv you You can make time for this you know
0: if you can make time for game of thrones you can make time for that game of thrones is good though i gotta admit i watched that episode on sunday so i'm a hypocrite but oh
1: my gosh i should i start watching game of thrones i feel like everybody watches it
0: i always tell people if you haven't started it just don't because it's just gonna (laughs) consume your it consumed my summer watching of tv i feel i felt like I, I like hated myself and loved myself at the same time. It was a weird dynamic that was going on there.
1: <laughs> All right, I'll skip it for yeah, now. <laughs> just skip
0: it. Just keep doing what you're doing. For you, like looking five, ten years in the future, like what type of impact are you wanting to make? Where do you see yourself down the road?
1: Mm, such a great question. I honestly really want to develop my YouTube channel mm-hmm. because I love talking freely you know a blog is is very structured and you have to um review a lot of grammar and and like you know it's very uh logical and technical and I feel like YouTube could be just my place to be creative again because I I need that creativity and I've always been that when I was a ballerina Mm -hmm. and maybe I could find a way with YouTube to kind of to kind of seek that creativity that artistry by by creating content that is entertaining and that is aesthetically pleasing and that will will drive even a bigger audience to my instagram as well totally yeah like that's kind of what i i would like to do develop youtube and develop my blog and keep engaging on instagram and posting content every single day um but if it keeps going like this i'll for sure like have 10k by the end of the year so that's amazing yeah, like I'm just I'm just going with the flow but manifesting beautiful things and I I'm just believing in myself because I know this niche and this this is something people need to hear.
0: It's important. It's 100% important and I love what you're doing because with YouTube the the beauty about doing a video is that the video can then be transcribed. and It could turn into a podcast because you can just take the audio and then you can someone can transcribe it and it could turn into a blog post. Like there's three things that can come out of a video and that's why for people out there like I I wish I was able to do a video podcast every day but for me it's a little much. But um <laughs> if I would if I could redo it like that's what I would do. I would go straight to video because it's just there's so many forms of content that that, that can turn into.
1: Absolutely. Totally.
0: Yeah. So Katy, final question here for you is like, I'm wondering if you could go back in time and sit down with the 13-year-old version of you before mm. you went to ballerina school and maybe not change anything, but just offer yourself a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering what that would be for you.
1: I love that. I would I would tell little Catsy that she has been put on this earth to help people heal from their own darkness. And in order to do that, she must face her own demons and that will help her understand people on a deeper level and her sensitivity that she has is valid and it is beautiful and that everything will be okay and everything happens for a reason. And I would just remind her that she's enough. And even if people try to convince her otherwise, she knows inside what is right for her always, so this is this is so. I wish I could do it. Oh my gosh, I wish I could just go and tell her that right now. You know. Yeah. Um. But I would for sure tell her that. Yeah, she will heal people and she will, she will live difficult things, but it's all for a reason.
0: It is, and that's what you're doing now. And for people out there, Kathy, who want to reach out, follow along on your journey. Um, if they're searching YouTube right now, where's the best place they can go?
1: Perfect. So if they're searching YouTube, they can just type my name, Cassie Angela, or Ed Recovery Girl, girl with a U, not an I. And they can also do the same thing on Instagram. It's Ed Recovery Girl. And my blog will be www.edrecoverygirl.com. And it's coming out Sunday, April 19th.
0: Amazing. Well, I will share all these links to make it super simple to connect with Katy. follow along on her journey and her blog, YouTube channel, I'll share her Instagram page. Katy, you're doing amazing things and the way we're going to end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today.
1: Okay, so the thought that you can go home today is that eating disorders are everywhere. 30 million people suffer with an eating disorder in the United States only, okay? And every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a direct result of an eating disorder. Wow. So if you see somebody and you think they're struggling, please ask them if they're okay. Tell them you are there for them and anything you can do for them, they need to know that it is there. They need to know that they have you. And if yourself... If you are struggling with food, body image, restriction, binge eating, please reach out for help because it's a tough cycle to get out of. And an eating disorder is the most chronic mental illness there is out there. So be careful and help other people because their help, your help, that's how you heal
0: absolutely help others everyone and as you can see from this interview success is driven by passion hunger and today just loving yourself everyone has to overcome obstacles everyone has a story start building yours today today we had the chance to speak with the amazing Katy angela Catty, i want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the yeah. show here with us today
1: yeah thank you so much for giving me this opportunity i really appreciate it
0: well thank you the pleasure was all mine and everyone if you liked today's episode you found value in it be sure you're subscribed to the podcast leave us a comment let us know what you liked also share this with a friend until next time colin morgan signing off and always remember to keep on grinding